This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tool. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Arsenal transfer show, our daily show at 8 a.m. every single morning, keeping you up to date with all the latest Arsenal transfer information, discussing it, give you a little bit of insight about each story, and of course, getting your thoughts in our live chat box. This is the transfer show where you guys can get involved and have your say and thoughts and feelings heard so that everyone else can know what they are. Because we know we, we love it when other people hear what we think. It's just, it's just human nature by this point. We are now a couple of days, three days, in fact, into the brand new season. This is what I'm treating it as. I've said this time, time after time now. I'm, the last season's done. It's gone. Forgotten. I'm not talking about it. It's done. It's over. I'm forgetting it even existed. For me, this is it's all zeros now. Zero. Arsenal are top of the table again on zero points, purely through alphabetical order. It's just the best place to be. Champions already. The title is back on. Hopefully, it maybe will be with some really good transfers, and we're going to get into that. But good morning, everyone in the chat box that I can see all of you there. I'm so glad that so many of you are making this your daily routine. As people are messaging me on on Instagram and on Twitter saying that they're really enjoying the show. So thank you ever so much for the support. It's not going to be going anywhere. Uh, and we are going to be continuing as always. Let's just highlight some of your questions and some of your messages this morning. Good morning, guys. I hope you are all good. So let's crack on with our first story which revolves around Martin Odegaard, uh, of course, who joined us on loan from Real Madrid in January to provide us with a lot of creativity and a little bit extra that we didn't really have, uh, to be honest. And if you watched mine and Clive, and Clive, I know you're watching, you're tuning in for these morning shows. If you watched mine and Clive's video yesterday on Let's Talk Arsenal, we talked a lot about Odegaard and kind of the style of player that he is and what he brings, and especially kind of the leadership, the technical leadership, as it was put by Clive, yesterday that he brings to the team and it definitely is a position that Arsenal are going to be investing in be it Erdogan be it Wendy and we'll come on to that in a little bit but obviously Erdogan sent fans to a little bit of a frenzy um yesterday you may have seen um because on or he didn't but uh the person that's also in this photo certainly did uh Santa Berg by putting a picture up on his Instagram page of him at dinner with the man himself um of course us Arsenal fans love 
an Insta story, quite literally in regards to an Insta transfer story. Um, and we got that with Basuma, which I haven't actually included on this, ironically. We will talk about Basuma in a bit, but uh, they met up. They, we knew that Erdogan was sticking around. He wasn't going straight back to Real Madrid because discussions and meetings have got to be had between his representatives himself, Arsenal, Real Madrid. There was always going to be planned talks at the end of the season about what the plan would be going forwards. Uh, but obviously, this is just a, a funny little story. But what I would say, speaking specifically about Sanderberg himself, finally, this week, and specifically, most likely today, we will be having our tactical breakdown on Sanderberger um, coming to Arsenal, possibility, maybe. I've got some fantastic expert insight from a Norwegian journalist you may or may not have heard of called Jonas Gaver, um, who is a really good follow on Twitter if you don't already. Um, but that'll be out this afternoon, most likely around 2 p.m.-ish time. So make sure you set your alarms and put your notifications on the channel so you don't miss that. Or if you're busy, make sure that you catch up on that to find out how Berger compares to the likes of Xhaka and Partey and of course some of our other midfield targets we're going to compare him to Basuma and get those thoughts and feelings and see how those two really stack up against one another statistically and of course with the eye test from our expert as well I'm intrigued as to what people think about uh, Sander Berger at the moment and what people talk about with Martin Erdegaard uh, and how they feel about these players but yes that is certainly what I'm going to be talking a lot more about this afternoon so we'll save the discussion points for that show Let's move on to our next story, which revolves around Ruben Neves. Now, whilst there has not been a specific link between Arsenal and Neves as of yet, the reason why this has basically come to the fore as a story is because The Athletic reported that Wolves would be willing to make Ruben Neves available for around £35 million, which, as you can imagine, sparked a lot of Arsenal fans into a bit of a frenzy, uh, saying that we should be going out and really paying that amount of money. I am surprised that it is that low. I thought for a player that's really kind of established himself as a Premier League quality talent, still 24 years of age, Portuguese international, that he would be going for a little bit more than uh, the £35 million. That's what I would have thought in terms of a ballpark, you're looking at 40 plus. So 35, I was surprised about, possibly down to a, a contract situation, the fact he wants to move on, or that Wolves themselves want to get some money in so they can reinvest that this summer. They are, of course, looking to bring in a new manager, Bruno Lage from Benfica looks to be the guy. In fact, we did a tactical breakdown on Bruno Lage back in 2019 when Arsenal sacked Unai Emery and we were looking at managerial candidates and it only got about a 1,000 views, but suddenly it shot up to about 4,000 plus with thousands of Wolves fans tuning in to find out about Bruno Lage. Um, so you're, you're welcome, Wolves fans. We've done some research for you. Um, but Bruno, um, sorry, not Bruno, uh, Ruben Neves is certainly someone that a lot of people like. Now, one of the things that I want to kind of address is I want to kind of address the fact that Bruno, uh, I keep saying Bruno now, Ruben Neves is thought of as a bit of a, a goal scoring midfielder. Now, I don't look at Ruben Neves in that way. I think Ruben Neves is a long shot taking midfielder, a little bit like Granite Xhaka is a long shot taking central midfielder. But I don't look at Ruben Neves like I look at how Joe Willock played for Newcastle this season. And I think that is shown. We're going to do a tactical breakdown on him, hopefully. But I want to specifically highlight his shooting. And these are the shots that he took this season in the Premier League. And as you can see, they are all pretty much from outside the box. Now, the purple circles are the ones that he actually scored. So he's not scoring the goals, really, from outside the area this season in the Premier League. This is his last 75 shots in the Premier League anyway. Those goals are coming from inside. And they're not too frequent. He does pop up in the box a couple of times to take a shot. But 
it is very, very rare that he does during across the course of a season take those shots from inside the box. And it's actually those shots that go from outside the box where he likes to take them. It's a hell of a lot. And a lot of them do miss the goal and some of them are on target. In fact, I'll give you the, the breakdown of his shot on target percentage. He's got a 25.4% uh, shot accuracy, which isn't amazing, but he is taking a lot of his shots from outside the box. And so that makes a little bit more sense. But Ruben Neves is not, for me, a goal-scoring midfielder. He's just a, a midfielder that likes to take shots from outside the box. A goal-scoring midfielder, for me, is someone that drives into the box, gets in there and scores goals. I look at Joe Willock's time at Newcastle as a perfect example of that. But I don't look at Ruben Neves uh, as a goal-scoring midfielder, just as more of one with a long-shot specialty about his game. So that's him. But we are going to come on to talking about Ruben Neves when we do a more in-depth tactical breakdown on him. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box, though. Uh, Jess uh, Abiola says no to Neves. Wrong athletic profile, not a goal-scoring midfielder. Uh, Reese Harvey says Ruben Neves is good, but I feel he hasn't reached his potential. He was very highly rated when I believe he was at Porto as a kid and then moved, of course, to Wolves, as do a lot of Portuguese players these days. Uh, Fraser says Ruben Neves is an upgrade for Xhaka. I'm not sure, but I'll be interested to see how he compares statistically to him when we do that tactical breakdown a little bit later on this week. Uh, Akshat says, you guys think Xhaka is slow. Wait till you see Neves play. <laughs> Drizzy says, honestly, don't mind him taking long shots as they are attempts the keeper to make them work for it. Very true. And you can get spillages and, and corners from them, of course, which are a good point. But still, the whole myth about him being a goal-scoring midfielder is, is just simply not true. JD says, Neves is just a right foot as Xhaka or has great passing range and a long shot taker, which sounds very similar to Xhaka. I'll have a look at it. When we have a look at his defensive statistics in comparison a little bit later on this week, that'll be when it'll get really interesting. So make sure you are subscribed for that content. Uh, Kevin says, for 35 million, Arsenal cannot miss out on Neves. Cyrus says, Xhaka, Sanderberg, Ruben Neves. How would you rank these three? They are different players. Uh, Ruben Neves and Xhaka are more similar. I would probably put... I mean, if you're looking at raw potential, Sanderberg is at the top for me. I think he's got the potential to be better than all three of those when they reach like, late 20s, uh, early 30s. I think Sanderberg will come on out on top eventually. Um, but right now, I think the Xhaka is ironically probably the better player of the group. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how his st statistics compare to Xhaka when we do that breakdown. I know a lot of people don't like Xhaka. I know that Yannick is probably pulling his hair out right now. Um, but yeah, I, I do put Xhaka above um, both of them currently, uh, which is very interesting. Marnus says, as good as Xhaka has been, but Neves is more of the same for me. I mean, Xhaka himself was rated the player of the season for his position by the CIES statistical board which is very very interesting um Stephen Gilbert says Neves seems like a relatively risk-free option and a decent value for money I just can't justify the 35 million pounds I that's I just can't justify it Aditya says but where <laughs> what, what what do you mean where I'm right here <laughs> who are you asking for uh Chris Ranyan I, I don't mate I've just gone for my run so uh, a coffee would not be the, the best idea right now uh Jay October says the only upgrade to Xhaka profile is Fabian Ruiz from Napoli not Neves I do tend to agree on that for sure right let's move on to our next story uh which is on Tap Sober the Bayer Leverkusen Burkina Faso international center half this is an interesting story that came about yesterday um, which then grew. I don't know if you saw this, but it developed throughout the day. A lot more outlets and 
people started picking up this story. He is a very highly rated defender, but it is an interesting and a bit of a weird one because he does tend to play on the left-hand side of the Bayer Leverkusen defence as a centre-back. And we've got a couple of those. You may have noticed already. We've got Gabriel, we've got Pablo Marie. And you'd think if we are looking to bring in a centre-back, we'd be looking to bring one on the right-hand side, considering only having Saliba and holding and maybe Mavropanos, but I expect him to probably be sold or loaned out again this summer. Now, this is a good opportunity for me to address this um, a little bit more because me and Clive again talked about this a lot on yesterday's show about how important it is to bring in a centre-back. So make sure you do go check out that video. But for me, centre-back has become a little bit more interesting as a profile. Um, And for me, when you're looking at a player like Tapsoba, who has got all this potential, the same with Jules Kunda we talked about yesterday, Arsenal need to be ruthless in the market. Arsenal need to be looking at this as an opportunity to bring in a very good player. And you can't get emotionally attached. Um, I I just don't really understand. People are saying there's there's a, a problem with my microphone. Bear with me one second. Okay. Can you hear me now? I'm hoping you can hear me now. Testing, testing, testing. One, two, one, two, one, two. Testing, 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 testing. Um, there we go. You should be able to hear me now. Um, fingers crossed. I don't know why that went like it did. Okay. Let's go back. Let's rewind. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, 23 shows in of daily shows and one technical fault. I think that's pretty good going. For me, who always ends up leaving his uh, mic on, on mute, I think that's pretty good going. So apologies for that. You have 30 seconds of me not being able to hear me whatsoever. Um, no, in regards to bringing in a centre-back, you've got to look at it this way. You've got to think about that on our right-hand side, we've got Saliba coming back from on loan from Nice. You've got Rob Holding coming in from uh, a season where I think he's been okay. I think he's not done particularly a huge problem um he's given you a six or seven out of ten most games Saliba is very much an unknown quantity right now and I've got all the hope in the world that he's going to become a very very good player the problem is that if he or holding isn't that great or one of them gets injured we haven't really got too many options bar Callum Chambers to come into that side now I'd much rather have a situation where you've got Gabriel as your long-term choice on that left-sided centre-back position, and you've got either Saliba or Kunda or Tapsoba on the other side. Now, I'm not saying that Tapsoba can't play on on the right. I think a Jules Kunda makes more sense because of the right-footed nature of the player. I think that Tapsoba is the type that can play on both sides, and from looking at his heat map, he certainly can play on both sides. But the issue is, is that I think a lot of people are overlooking the importance of having a good, strong group of centre-backs. People always use the ironic 
kind of argument that we haven't got European football next season. But people then also forget that we have two cup competitions still in the League Cup and the FA Cup. I actually want to see Arsenal have a good run at those competitions next season because we don't have European football. Their chances of a trophy. You ask plenty of fans. You ask Leicester fans how they felt. You ask a Spurs fan how much they want to win a trophy right now. Trophies are important. The league is certainly the priority. I'd take top four over any of those two trophies right now because of the importance going forwards for the club. But... People underestimate for me how important it is to have a number of quality players in that position. I mean, you look at Manchester City, right? And I know it's very difficult to compare Arsenal to Manchester City because of the different stages and the finances involved. But they had Laporte, they had Stones, and they had and they brought in Ruben Diaz, a very good trio of defenders. And yet they still went out and spent a lot of money on Nathan Ake in the summer, who unfortunately got quite injured during the season. They also had Fernandinho who could play there. And yes, I know they were playing in Europe and had those games and they go far in a lot of other competitions. But the point is, is that you need to have a collective group of strong options just in case you have issues with either injuries or you want to change system. Now, I don't know about you, Whenever I seem to bring up the idea of Arsenal playing three at the back, there's very few people that really want to go down that route. But I actually think it's a system that really suits the the players that we've currently got in the squad. It won us an FA Cup and it's competed very well against the top teams in the past. Now, if you want to play a few games throughout, throughout the season at three at the back, and let's not beat around the bush, a lot of top teams sometimes switch to a three at the back for certain fixtures because tactically it makes sense, then you need to have a good roster of centre-backs. I quite like Kieran Tierney as the left centre-back in that role, because I think it allows you to play Bukayo Saka as a left wing-back, and I think he flourishes there. I love that game against West Brom, when, yes, all the pressure was off and West Brom were fighting to stop themselves from getting relegated. But I loved seeing Bukayo Saka in that left wing-back role in that game. I really think he's something special that can play in that position with Tierney in behind and those two can interchange. I think it really works. Now, in the long term, I'd like to have Arsenal have two centre-backs that meant we could play four at the back for a whole season. Unfortunately, I think what's been shown is that we don't necessarily have that ability right now. Even though we had the third best defence in the league, at times, especially in the big games against some of the sides like Liverpool at home, we were completely overrun. And I think that Tierney, and it's been to be interesting watching Tierney at the Euros this summer, playing in that left centre-back role for Scotland, and Robertson playing in the left wing-back role, how those two interchange. I think that he's, you certainly lose a bit, of, a, quite a bit of Tierney's prowess going forwards, but I think that you gain a lot more in regards to playing Saka in that position, in behind a Pepe or in behind someone else like that in front of him with the interchange that can go on there. It's an option. I'm not saying you play it throughout the whole season, but I do think that you need to think about it seriously of Arsenal bringing in a centre-back this summer. I still think there are areas on the pitch that are more important for, for, for investment, attacking midfield being a, a definite central midfield being one, right back maybe being another, backup left back certainly being another one, backup goalkeeper is in there too. But I don't think you should turn your noses up at a centre-back just because William Saliba exists, who, by the way, was brought in under a completely different manager, completely different recruitment setup, and is still 20 years old. There's a lot of things that we need to consider with that one. Let's move on to our next story. I'm going to go through a lot of your comments towards the end of the video, by the way. There's quite a bit of news that I need to get through, and then we'll do some Q&A stuff at the end. So stick around. Uh, Emmy Buendia, this is hotting up. This is very, very, very hot right now in regards to news, in regards to the story. Buendia is open to this. 
he is very much well aware of the situation. He is now waiting for a bid, an official bid to come in. Talks have started between Arsenal and Norwich and the representatives. Ironic, well, not necessarily ironically, but interestingly, Richard Garlick, the guy that's coming in to be Arsenal's head of football operations, head of football administration, that area, taking a lot of the contract talk situations on and involved with some of the discussions revolving transfers. He supposedly has taken a very protagonistic role in this story and in this deal, trying to get it done along with Edu, along with Arteta. But he has become very much Arsenal's priority this summer in this position. And I, for one, am very pleased about that. Now, if you haven't checked out our tactical breakdown on Emi Buendia, it is still up on the channel. You still can go and watch it. It's still very relevant. Uh, we only did it a few weeks ago. Or even I think we did it last week or the week before last loads of tactical insight on him. See how he compares to Smith Rowe. See how he compares to Martin Odegaard and see how he compares to, there's one more that we talked about that slipped my mind. Can't remember who it is. Uh, Jack Grealish, as we compared him to. So there's lots of stuff on him there. But this is really, really hotting up for, for an Arsenal situation. It's certainly one that you need to keep your eyes peeled to. And we will certainly be keeping you up to date with all of the latest Emmy Buendia information on the channel. To the point where people are already, as I can see in the, t- in the <laughs> chat box, discussing which number he should get on the back of his shirt. Should he be taking Martin Odegaard's number 11? Should he take the number 10 on the number 8? I'll be very intrigued to know who you think, uh, or rather what number you think Mr. Emmy Buendia should take this summer should he come into the club let's move on to our final story and then we can go into the q a section with you guys in the chat box now this is for me probably the most intriguing story of the day um because if Besuma, of course the first thing is uh, thanks for everyone that jumped on the tweet about his instagram story it got picked up by quite a few news outlets as well ironically in some cases um which i was very uh amused to see um, he obviously has deleted that off his story. Now, if you don't know, it was, I believe it's his fitness trainer, uh, had an Arsenal bag in the background, which was very funny. Um, obviously, there's a, there is a lot of coincidental things about it, but it is a story and there is a lack of care, a lack of... Um, uh, care is probably the right word in, in uploading that picture and a little bit of hindsight was maybe needed in that instance. But... In regards to this story, Brighton are interested in Eddie Nketiah. They look at him as a possible future uh, prospect for them that can be that number nine for them. Uh, Danny Welbeck's not getting any younger. Neil Mope is a volatile player. He's had injury issues. He's got suspension issues. He's got issues in regards to his finishing and how he plays anyway. And it's not really been the player that they've needed him to be. Um, and they are interested in bringing in a striker this summer. Arsenal are obviously interested in Yves Basuma. And when it, when you think about a possible swap deal... Now, let me explain, first of all, how swap deals work and even swap plus cash deals. Swap deals do not happen like you see them reported. It is not Basuma moves one way and Ketty moves the other way and then an amount of money from Brighton, from Arsenal goes to Brighton. That is not how swap deals work. Swap deals work by cash being exchanged for a player in both instances. So let me use an example of Alexis Sanchez, Henrik Mkhitaryan, when Arsenal signed Mkhitaryan, Man United took away Alexis Sanchez. It was not a swap deal like in, in pure fact. Man United signed Alexis Sanchez for a figure around the £30 million mark. Arsenal signed Henrik Mkhitaryan for a figure around the £30 million mark. 
They didn't just swap and there was no money exchanged. Money was ex exchanged in the swap deal. That's how it works. So Arsenal would pay a figure for Basuma and Brighton would pay a figure for Eddie and Ketia. That's how the situation works. I don't want to go into the intricacies of why that's the way it happens, but that's just the way that it happens. Anyway, and Ketia's figure is supposedly around the £15 million mark, which I am staggered by, I'll be very honest, for, an for even an England youth international Premier League quality player, I say quality loosely, um, with a year left on his deal being the big thing, has barely played and not really taken too many of his chances. Basuma, for me, is a 30 to £40 million rated player. Now, if Arsenal can get a deal done where they see Nketiah go one way and £15 million go the other way, for me, that is an incredible piece of business. It is something that is going to leverage Arsenal into the situation because the other clubs like Manchester City, like uh, Liverpool, that are interested in Basuma, they don't necessarily have the strikers that... Brighton would be interested in. Now, they may, of course, Brighton be able to invest that money elsewhere. But should they want Eddie and Ketia, Arsenal can use this situation as leverage very, very handily, which is something that is important for the deal to take place. I would be surprised. I'd be very surprised if this is the way the deal eventually went. My initial kind of reaction would be that it's going to be a money-only deal for Basuma. That's my instinct. I've been wrong before. I don't think that Eddie Nketi is going to go to Brighton. I think he may go somewhere else. I hope I'm wrong because I'd quite like to see how he gets on at Brighton. But it's certainly one that is being touted around. And I think it is a little bit of an easy story to come up with right now. But you never know. Um, I think that you'd need a lot more than 15 million plus in Ketia to get this deal done. And if Brighton do, I, I'm not going to say anything because I quite like it to happen. So there's that. Anyway, we have completed those stories. So if you have got a question that you'd like to throw into the chat box or a point that you think is worth discussing, then throw it into the chat box now. And we're going to go through plenty of your comments. JD says, if Brewster, without no Premier League experience, can fetch Liverpool 27 million, then we can definitely get more than 17 million for Nketia. But for that first, we need to get Liverpool's transfer negotiators. True. What I would say is that Brewster had a very, very good loan spell in the championship with Swansea. That is why his value increased. Nketia has barely played. So you can't straight correlate those two instances. For me, when you look at on loan, you look at how Mavropanos has been at, at uh, Stuttgart. You look at how Willock has been at Newcastle. They're the types of loan deals that boost value. And Ketia's value hasn't been boosted and can't necessarily be compared to Rian Brewster in the same way. Um, Neil Gunner says, but do Brighton really want Eddie? That, for me, is one of the biggest questions about this deal. And Neil says, Tom, thoughts on Nika Barella? If we're signing that sort of profile for Partey, someone on the ball, would he fit? Of course he would fit into Neil. Barella is a, a brilliant, elegant, amazing footballer. The problem is, is that he would cost an insane amount of money. He's just won the title at Inter Milan. He's going to be in the Champions League next season. Italian players do like staying in Italy at those big Italian clubs. Um, it's very rare, similar to kind of German players as well, liking to stay in Germany. You don't see them move all over the place, really. It is not a common thing. You do sometimes, the likes of Jorginho, etc. Verratti at, at PSG, although he was there from a very young age. But I do get a feeling that Barella may be the type to stay at Inter uh, for, for a fair amount of time. So that's just my feeling on that one. Um, Belay says, hey, Tom, brilliant show, Clive, yesterday. Thank you, much appreciated. No, mate, much appreciated for you tuning in. Much appreciated always. O'Melly says, any further news on right-backs? I like Celic at Lille. He has been very consistent offensively and defensively. Yes, 
Uh, he is certainly someone that is intriguing for a lot of Arsenal fans and a lot of clubs because uh, he has been very good. And you'll be able to see him at the, at the Euros for Turkey playing in that right-back position as well. So he's one to keep an eye out for. I am putting together a 10 things to look out for at the Euros as an Arsenal fan for 101. I'm also going to make a video on it. Um, so make sure you keep your eyes peeled to 101 Great Goals, where my day job is, and you'll see that article coming out uh, very, very soon, I'm sure. Um, Ryan Martinez says, Buendi is a must. Pay the £40 million and get the ting signed. Ahmad says, what do you think of Josh Duick, uh, the Hibernian left-back, 18-year-old Scotland Youth International he is uh, highly rated. He looks like he's going to Watford, though, at the moment. So I don't think Arsenal are going to get this guy. I think the left-back... I think I don't think Bertrand's going to be coming now, which is a shame, because I think it was a bit of a smart move from Arsenal. I think he probably will end up at Leicester. We'll have to kind of watch that and see how it goes out there. But I think Arsenal may now target a younger profile. Saying that, they'll go and sign Patrick Van Arnholt now. You just know that's what's going to happen. But uh, I think they're going to go for a younger profile if they miss out on Bertram. But let's wait and see. Um, Dominique says, now that Neves is available, are you thinking twice about our previous targets, Awar, Buendia, Basuma and Sanderberg? Absolutely not, Dominique. Neves, for me, rates well below Buendia, Basuma and Sanderberg for me. Uh, I think he's probably a, maybe a little bit higher than Berg. I'm not I'm not 100% sure. I'm interested to do the comparisons a little bit later on today when we do the Sanderberg tactical breakdown. Um, but yeah, our, I'm just on a no. I'm just, I'm just not keen. Although what I would say is if you didn't see this, go to Jeremy Smith's Twitter account, who's on Twitter, at Jeremy Smith 98 French football expert. He comes on the channel. Very interesting quotes from Rudy Garcia about Janinho, who is kind of the big technical uh, director of sporting director, I think, at, at Lyon. He... Some very interesting quotes from Rudy Garcia about him, about how the team selection went at Leon, at why Awar wasn't necessarily selected at times. Really interesting quotes. Go and have a look at it because it's very, very intriguing. Um, Micah says, Tapsoba is better than holding one versus one, better on the ball, and he's quick. Uh, JD says, why is Laka still here with one year left on his contract when we could get decent money for him? Knowing our club, he'll probably leave on a free next year. I personally am more of a favour of giving him a one-year extension and focusing our, um, our money elsewhere. Social Jeremy Smith, at Jeremy Smith 98 on Twitter. Go uh, have a look at Rudy Garcia's quotes from him. I did retweet it yesterday, so it is up on my Twitter as well. Uh, Achi says, hi, Tom. Do you rate uh, Yusuf Atal from Nice? If he's not that good defensively, but attacking-wise, he'd add the extra dimension. Uh, Achi, Yusuf Atal, if you, I watched quite a bit of Nice for Saliba in highlights and stuff, and every time I've seen Atal play, it's been very, very inconsistent. He's a, he's flair. He's all going forwards. Defensively, very flawed. We don't. I think he works best when there's a three at the back, and I think he works better as kind of your wing back than an out and out right back, or as maybe even a right winger. He's for me a bit of a FIFA player. Is a towel. I know he's very highly rated on on the video game. A lot of players use him for his stats and his five star skills and weak foot and all of that crap. Um, but in regards to actually in real life. Atal would not be the profile that I'd be looking for, to be honest. Um, yeah, very much a FIFA hype player, which is very different. If if you're ever looking at football knowledge from FIFA, it's so so different to real life. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't trust EA with a pencil to look after, let alone an entire 
sport. So, you know, there's that. Uh, Stefania says, will Edu be sacked if he does? There's Overmars, Acampos and Ranić. I don't think he is. I, I don't know where this story is kind of cropped up from. Um, we will keep you up to date with it, but I've not seen anything legit about this Edu sacked story so far. Uh, Dominique says, uh, why not go for someone who has been playing for a long time but still at their early days? Shows fitness and can only improve. What about Jonathan Tarr? Have been playing forever, but he's still in 24. Yes, of course, we were linked to Jonathan Tarr by Leverkusen when he was a lot younger. I don't know. I haven't heard a lot about Tarr in the last couple of seasons. I'll have to speak to Drew about him, but we were linked to him before. Maybe those links have disappeared because of a correlation to his quality or maybe a correlation to Arsenal's demise. Who knows? but I haven't seen any links about him so far whatsoever. Brad Hunter says Neves would be a great Xhaka replacement for the first team and Xhaka could be a great utility player. I genuinely don't think that Neves is <laughs> comparatively with Xhaka is, is, is that much better. If you're going to spend that amount of money, I don't think Neves is, is the guy to, to replace him. I'd look at Basuma way, way before I looked at Neves. Uh, Sandal says, uh, we complained about Kroenke not spending money, but we have been so terrible in managing our transfers that I don't blame him too much. He did buy into a self-sustaining model. That said, still Kroenke out. Uh, Herb says, I have a feeling that Aubameyang is going to be on it next season. We can only hope, mate. I really do hope he is going to be. That is very much what we're hoping for. Neil says, Tom, do you rate Philip Billing as a backup centre midfielder if we get Yves Basuma? Uh, during the African Cup of Nations. I think that Bournemouth are going to lose a lot of their players this summer. Um, Jefferson Lerma, uh, you're going to be looking at like uh, Brooks are going to be going. So maybe maybe his billing is one that we'll look at as a, as a backup option, as a homegrown option. So who knows? I, I don't think we should be going for backups in that position at the moment. I still think we need to sign maybe two in centre midfield. But if you've got Elneny, if you've got Xhaka still there, if you've got Aziz coming through, if you've got Willock coming back, one or two, and I think they need to be upgrades on what we've got, not necessarily depth options in that position. So Hill says, Tom, can I put a name on? Uh, can I put a name in the centre back's hat? What do you think about Tarkovsky at Burnley? Um, but he's a very no nonsense centre back, good in the air, good in the opposition box, tough tackler, not the quickest. He's better than holding. He's an upgrade, but I think that I'd rather see a little bit more mobility from my centre back, and a, certainly a, a more ball playing centre back. Uh, than we have currently seen at the club. And I'm not sure Tarkovsky fills that role. Uh, Vignesh says, hi, Tom. Why uh, why is no one going for Koulibaly? He is experienced and is still a world-class defender. Uh, I honestly, I'm, I haven't watched a lot of Napoli this season and I don't really know why uh, Koulibaly is not being linked as heavily with anyone, but there may be a reason for that, Vignesh. So maybe it's one that you need to read between the lines to understand a bit more. Matt G says, do you think this summer we'll, uh, we will do a Matt Ryan type of signing, signing someone completely out of the blue that we haven't been linked with? It would surprise me, Matt. I feel like January is more of the opportunity for things to go under the radar. But I think what the Matt Ryan signing proved is that we can't just expect to hear things leading up to a transfer like we seemingly are with Buendia at the moment. They are going to come out of absolutely nowhere sometimes. So... Who knows at this stage? But I loved that. I genuinely, other than the fact I was busy and couldn't do an immediate reaction video, which really did annoy me, um, but I did enjoy the fact that they, there was it brought back some nostalgia of when signings could only be found out through teletext and stuff like that when it was announced, like Dennis Bergkamp and things like that. It, it was a nostalgic type of signing. But I loved that when it happened, but I, I'm, I'm not sure you'd see it so much in the summer windows compared to the, the winter window. But who knows? 
Who knows? Uh, Billy Ferraldi says, why do you think we consistently get linked to centre-backs? Do you think Saliba is not seen as an option? We talked a little bit about this earlier, Billy. I genuinely believe there is more scope for us to invest in a centre-back this summer that doesn't actually impact Saliba too much. And at the same time, you have to consider that he's still 20 years old. Still a lot of questions about him. He was brought in under different recruitment management, but I think a lot of fans are very attached to see how good he is. But I would not be averse to Arsenal signing a centre-back this summer at all. Um, Koulibaly is like Partey, says Ansgar, the ready-made, world-class African machine, he says. Of course, Senegalese international, I believe, is Koulibaly. Uh, Neil Gunnar says, what's your thoughts on the Leeds keeper if we have wanted to replace Leno? Meslier, yes, he's had a very decent season. He's only 21, I think. French, I imagine he'll be a future French international player. He's looking like being that good for them. I don't think Leno is going anywhere anytime soon. I do think he's probably going to be sticking around for next season. I don't think Meslier would want to be coming in as a backup, but maybe it's one that we look at tapping up in the future. Um, Tahib says, finally woke up early, uh, enough to watch the stream live. Welcome, Tahib. Good to have you here. Dominic says, Dennis Zakaria, uh, the Borussia Mönchengladbach Swiss midfielder. You know what's ironic about him is actually that Granit Xhaka and Frilla from Atalanta keeps Zakaria out of the Swiss international team. So the irony of that, that we have the player that's beating Zakaria to the position in the Swiss national side. Now, we did do a tactical breakdown on Zakaria. Um, so make sure you check that one out on the channel if you want to learn a little bit more. Uh, Ugank says, Tom, think about a loan Arsenal has taken to repay the existing £150 million loan, which means mostly no fresh cash injection coming in. Uh, Ugank, no, this has been completely misreported by a lot of people. The loan is nothing to worry about. It's a very, very common thing to refinance a loan under a different interest rate, especially in the current climate. The loan situation affects transfers absolutely nothing at all. And you have to also think about if the loan was going to be paid off by KSE, which is £120 million, first of all, not £150 million. If KSE were going to pay off £120 million quid, do you not think that that would then limit their ability to invest this summer if they are going to do that? Of course, that's a massive unknown. But surely refinancing a loan for this summer so that investment can come in makes more sense than the ownership paying off a £120 million loan and then not having anything to spend on transfers. So it's nothing to worry about. The loan thing is very, very normal for companies to refinance in that situation. So do not worry about it. Uh, Jay October says, do you worry about the average age of our back four and who could we bring in to address this hole? Uh, yes, I do worry about it. And I think that when you've got Tierney 23, Gabrielle 22, Saliba 20, um, right back situation, we might bring in like Max Aarons, who would be also 23. And then the oldest guys in that are Marie, who's 27, and Holding 26, uh, Chambers 26. So yes, there is a lot of concern for me in that area and especially because Leno's not the best at marshalling his back line. Is it worth Arsenal going out and signing a more experienced centre-back? You'd have to be very careful about who that is. Um, but that's why I was kind of interested in getting Ryan Bertram because of his experience and his ability in the dressing room to be a really good kind of presence. Um, but it does worry me. Yes, 100%. Uh, Vignesh says, hi, Tom. Do you think Villarreal have a chance against United tonight? I hope they do. Obviously, I would rather see Villarreal win this evening, even though it would make the Europa UEFA Conference a little bit more simpler for Spurs to win. Um, but I don't want United winning trophies. It's as simple as that. And, uh, you know, I do like my Spanish football, so I will be cheering on the Yellow Submarine this evening. 
fingers crossed and good luck to Unai Emery in the final. Uh, no hard feelings, mate. I'd just rather you beat <laughs> Man United. Uh, Brad Hunter says Chambers was a uh, was an insung hero, unsung hero uh, this year. He would be good to keep hold of as a good utility player. As for depth and strength, I agree with you. I think we should sell Cedric. I think we should probably move on. Um, Mavropanos use Chambers as a backup right back and as a utility centre back if need be and bring in a right back that's what I want to see happen personally Carol Bailey says thoughts on a Willock swap with Newcastle for goalkeeper Woodman if Swansea don't make it to the Premier League Carol if we're going to sign Woodman I don't want to see Willock go in the opposite direction I do want to see Woodman as a, as a backup I think it's a very good backup option for Arsenal homegrown as well but Willock I want to see him stay for now unless we get a ridiculous bid come in I want to see what he's going to give for us next season uh, Yonick says, no, you'll be cheering Unai Emery on. Of course, I'd rather cheer Unai Emery on than cheer on Man United, mate. I think I don't think it's even a question as an Arsenal fan whatsoever. Sahil says, Tom, are you worried about the prospect of Brentford in the Premier League considering their recruitment? Um, I'm, I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows? I wasn't necessarily that worried about Leeds, but look how good they've been. So I guess the answer is maybe yes. I'm worried about anyone, mate, that's a good recruiter because Arsenal are historically not good recruiters it's as simple as that uh neil says tom as ryan bertrand is going to leicester whom would you prefer as a left back um good question i like uh noah katabak from uh cologne and they are looking i think they're going to be relegated i'm not 100 sure i didn't actually see how the bundesliga finished let me just have a look i don't know if they're playing a playoff game uh let me just have a look at the bundesliga table so they are in the relegation playoff. I believe they're against Holstil Kain, who are a team which knocked out Bayern Munich from the DFB Pokal, the uh, German Cup this season. Not a bad side. Uh, so it'll be interesting if, if Holstil can knock out Cologne. If they can, and they are relegated, <clears throat> uh, Noah Katterback is certainly someone that people should keep an eye on from them as maybe someone that we could bring in. Um, Billy says, what about Junior Furpo? I was a fan at Betis. I'm not necessarily as much of a fan of him at Barcelona. Yes, Yonick, Mark Kukurea is a very, very good player and certainly someone that I would be interested in bringing in. Versatile, left back, left midfielder, can play in a, a, a variety of positions. I do like Mark Kukurea. So yeah, 100%, mate. 100%. I think we even did a tactical breakdown on him on the channel a while back. So he's one that we, we've certainly looked at before. Pat Moyle says, Tom, is there anyone linked to Bellerin right now? Uh, no, there isn't, mainly because he's got an injury. We don't know how serious the injury is. We don't know if it's going to affect him leaving. Genduzi is another player that's also got a serious injury. He's got a broken metatarsal, I think. And so, therefore, I don't think you'll see any links with those two until later on in the window, maybe after the European Championships because we don't know the extent of their injuries right now and how long they're going to be out for. Uh, Anoni says, uh, Eduard Buendia, Bissouma, Berger, Royal, uh, as in Emerson or Aarons, Tapsoba or Milinkovic. Uh, do you mean Milinkovic Savage? Or just, I'm not sure you mean Milinkovic. Uh, good window? Uh, yeah, of course. I think that would be a very good window. Uh, a very, very good window. Um, but don't spam my chat. <laughs> don't spam my chat. Uh, very interesting. Matty Cash says Majid. Yes, Matty Cash, 100%. Won't happen whatsoever, but yeah, 100%. Uh, Buchanan or Doik? Uh, Doik, sorry, uh, says Marley. Uh, probably... Probably Doig, um, because I think he's. I think I rate him a little bit higher, and his stats compare a lot better 
than Buchanan's do. Uh, Constantine says, Tom, would you like to see Odson Edouard at Arsenal? Uh, it depends on what happens with Lacazette, um, but he's a good option. But I think I'd also want to see how Balogun develops next season as well. Uh, Herb says, apparently Barcelona are considering Arteta. Interesting. Very interesting. Reese says, what about Owen Vindal from RZ in Holland? Would be a good option. I'd love him. Don't get me wrong, Reese. Um, the problem is with Owen Vindal, he wants to play. He wants to play every single week. He's in the Dutch national side right now for the Euros in their provisional squad. Uh, and I imagine he'll make the full squad as well. Um, but he wants to play. And I don't think that he'll come to Arsenal knowing that he's going to be behind Kieran Tierney. That's the biggest issue with that one. Uh, James Justin is out for a long-term injury. Jerome Boateng, maybe, but I'm not his biggest fan. I think he has very much dropped off and I don't think he'd bring you what David Luiz brought us this season. Uh, Wilson says, do you think that 35 million would be an ideal price for Buendia? I think you'd, I'd bite your arm off for Buendia for 35. I think you're going to be looking at 40 uh, is the issue. Um, Hilmi says, what about Van Arnholt? Uh, again, I'm less confident about him than I was Bertrand, so I'm not sure. I think I'd rather see us go for maybe a younger profile over Van Arnholt. Uh, Kel says, I'm hearing RITK in the house. Kel says, Conte might leave Inter. Would you have my ask? Yeah, of course. Dream scenario. Won't happen. Uh, Drusy says, Ozan Kabak isn't going to be leaving, uh, isn't going to be staying at Liverpool because they're going to be going Canate. Should we go and get him from Schalke? He's an option. He's an option. He is highly rated. He hasn't been able to settle at Liverpool. But yeah, he's an option. Um, it's not a bad shout. It isn't a bad shout. Anyway, I've given you nearly 45 minutes this morning. Thank you to the over 700 of you that have been tuning in live today. It's been absolutely brilliant to see you all tuning in, making this part of your morning routine. We will be back tomorrow morning as always. I'll be back here later on this afternoon for a tactical breakdown show dedicated to Sander Berg with some expert insight from Jonas Giver. So make sure you tune in for that to find out how he compares statistically to Xhaka and Basuma and uh, Thomas Partey as well. Uh, but make sure to drop a like on the video, guys, and subscribe to the channel if you're new. If you haven't already, check out my video with Clive from the Arsenal Vision podcast yesterday. Um, but enjoy the rest of your day. I'll see you this afternoon. And uh, fingers crossed, Unai Emery can smash Manchester United this evening. See you again very, very soon, guys. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.